Welcome into a Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. And today, because the Saints got a big win, 33-22 over Washington, we're going to dive right in to that game, what happened, and bring in Jeff Duncan with the Times Picayune and NOLA.com. He's a columnist there, covers the Saints, and has been on top of every game and every availability, so he knows the team inside and out. Jeff, how are you doing today? Aaron, I'm doing great. It's always better after a Saints win. Seems like the mood of the city is always uplifted. So, uh, and we could use that right now. I went down my street this morning on my run, and there's still debris out on the sidewalks. And uh, I forget it's been over a month. And I know we have a lot of work to do, but uh, it's nicer after a Saints victory. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that happened in yesterday's game against Washington. A lot of bad to start off with, and then things. Per- progressed and and got a lot better for the Saints. What are some of the things that stood out to you? Well, I think it it stood out to me how they won the game. I mean, they played, you know, I wrote about this in my column. It kind of reminded me of one of those NCAA basketball tournament games where the the top seed is not having a good shooting night and, and they're just in a battle for their lives to try and survive and just get past that round to avoid the upset. And that's kind of what that game reminded me of. The Saints were just, they're, they're shorthanded. They're not playing all that well. They had some breaks go against them early on. And they just needed to get out of there with a win, get to this bye week, get healed up, get some of these star players back. It didn't matter how it happened. They just needed to get that W. And I thought they took care of business. And it shows you how talented this team is, that they're able to win games like that on the road, not playing their A game without maybe eight, starters eight projected starters and still win uh an ugly game and uh i I think the the second half of the season just holds a lot of promise because of of what's in store in terms of getting back good players Jameis winston started the game with two turnovers in the first three possessions of the game and he was able to settle back down and then deliver as the game went on what impressed you about his performance well, the thing I like best about it was, I mean, he throws the best deep ball I think I've seen in my time covering the Saints. I mean, the deep ball he threw to Deontay Harris was perfect, and he flicked it like 55 yards, hit him right in stride. Obviously, we all saw the Hail Mary, but that was a great pass. He threw it exactly where it needed to be to the landmark, how they practice it. Uh, that We shouldn't take that for granted. Th- those are difficult passes to make, and he makes it look effortless. Uh, I love – how more, how much more comfortable he seems to be getting uh, with each game. And that's to be expected. I mean, this is the first time he's been the starting quarterback in this offensive system, a very complex offensive system. And there's going to be a learning curve there. And I think people need to be patient as this progression takes place between Sean Payton and, and Jameis Winston. It's going to get there. It's not going to happen overnight. And then the other thing I really liked, and I, I bet JD can, can comment on this as well, been a lot of these post-game press conferences over the years, and players get asked about negative plays in the game and how they handle it, especially the quarterback position. He had an interception early on the first series that led to a field goal for, for Washington, and upon further review, it didn't, I didn't see it in live action, but he got stepped on by one of his offensive linemen, and he was asked about it afterward. And instead of, of throwing his linemen under the bus, he took all the accountability for it. He didn't mention and I've got to get better. And that leadership is going to go a long way with his teammates down the road. That, that stand-up kind of accountability, 
uh, I was really impressed with that, maybe more so than anything he did in the game. Yeah, I, I didn't even notice it because, you know, I was mentioning earlier off air, our, our replay situation in the press box was terrible. So I didn't really see. And then, and in the present, I was like, okay, who was he throwing that to? Because you couldn't tell because it ended up being such a such an impacted pass by that step on his foot. So that was, that was a huge pickup by you because I didn't see it uh, in the present time. But don't we've seen some some really vivid fluctuations in performance from this team through these first five. I guess, is that kind of what we could expect from them considering all the changes and all the injuries? Yeah, I think so. I think that second game really kind of throws it out of whack. That Carolina game was just an anomaly, an outlier. I don't think we're going to see a performance like that again out of this team. Uh, I really think this team defensively is about as good as they've been since I've covered them. I mean, there really are no real weaknesses. They, they, they probably could use a little more pass rush. I think that'll come when they get Marcus Davenport and David Onyemata back. I think people forget how good David Onyemata is. I mean, he's probably their best defensive lineman. They haven't had him for one snap this season. And Davenport, the way he was playing, I just think the sky's the limit for this defense. I, I don't see a lot of teams having consistent success against them. And I know the yo-yo performance has some fans probably filled with anxiety, but I, I think they're going to get past that. Uh, once they start getting some of these starters back after the bye, and once Jameis Winston starts getting a little – each game he seems to get a little more comfortable in the passing attack, and they, they'll iron out some of those wrinkles and find out what he does best, what he's comfortable with. Uh, I, I think there's this, there's a learning curve, and we all got kind of spoiled with Drew Brees 15 years into a tenure in an offense, mm -hmm. and this just should be expected. Uh, people should understand it's not going to happen overnight, like I said. And uh, I just I just think this team's got a really high ceiling. I think they're only scratching the surface of, of their true potential. How much of the Breeze influence are we seeing on Jameis? Because we've, we're seeing him now, I think, a lot more likely to throw a pass away than he ever was at Tampa. He just he sees a bad play. He makes sure he gets it away from the defense where nobody can get to it. Whereas, you know, Tampa, you saw him force a few of those. Are we seeing a whole lot of the Breeze influence? Because even he admitted, look, sitting down watching Drew Brees is one of the best things that ever happened for me. Yeah, and I think also, J.D., that his performance is going to be better when the offensive line gets back to full strength. I mean, we're forgetting two of their five best offensive linemen, Eric McCoy and Teron Armstead, have been out. And while their backups have played, I think, admirably well, uh, they're, they're backups to those guys for a reason. I mean, those are two of the, of the best offensive linemen in the whole league. And, and I think sometimes that muddy pocket, that causes some of these erratic throws that we saw happen on Sunday, that might not be quite as much of an issue with their full offensive line intact. So I think you have to give him a little bit of a, a you know, a little bit of credit for managing all that's going on, all the shifting new parts around him. Uh, he hasn't had Mike Thomas for a single play all season. Uh, you know, offensive coordinators will tell you the first part of pass protection is wide receivers getting open. And, and there's few in the league better than Michael Thomas at that. So I, I think I think he's played just fine. I, I don't think anybody should be criticizing Jameis Winston for his performance so far. I mean, he's got a couple plays, but everybody in the league has those. I watched Patrick Mahomes last night uh, make a few mistakes that he'd like to have back. It, it happens. The other team gets paid too, right? Yeah. Yeah, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. I think a lot of people will take that. Uh, even Saints fans who aren't exactly crazy all the time about the quarterback situation will probably take 12 and three. Anybody should take 12 and three. Um, 
you mentioned the defense. Marshawn Lattimore looks like he is, well, he doesn't look like, he's playing the best in his career. Is that just a, a product of his maturing? Because we've seen him in other years where he said, you know, I just need to concentrate better, but he didn't do it. <laughs> and then he said, yeah. I just need to concentrate better. And then he didn't do it. But looks like this year it's carried over. Do you see that maturing process in him? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I thought yesterday was one of his best games of his career. I mean, he was all over the place. Uh, really locked down Terry McLaurin, who's a great, great receiver, and had his hands on a couple balls that, like he said afterward, he probably would have picked them off if he wasn't wearing that cast. And I don't think we can uh, overstate just how important his role is, where he's able to lock up the number one receiver uh, of the other team. He's going to give up some plays. I mean, everybody does in this league. They're, they're great players. On but more often than not, he wins those one-on-one -on -one matchups, and that frees up the rest of the secondary uh, to, to double cover some other people, to maybe uh, turn loose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on blitzes that normally Dennis Allen might not feel comfortable doing uh, because he doesn't feel good about the back end. There's so many things that are a domino effect from Lattimore's coverage, and uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's been more consistent this year than he's ever been. That's always been kind of the question with him. And after getting paid, J.D., that's impressive. You know, a lot of guys get paid. They work that hard to get to that second contract. And you have, a you know, human nature. You have a letdown. You've maybe you finally got there. Instead, we're seeing him actually take his game to another level. Yeah. You mentioned Marshawn Lattimore and how well he did. Six pass breakups. He was targeted. For the receiver was targeted nine times, only had two catches. So definitely big impact on the game yesterday. On the offensive side, we talked about Jameis, but of course it was Marquez Callaway with some big catches. And then Alvin Kamara got going in both the receiving and the run game. What did you like about just the versatility of the offense? Well, I'm writing my, my film study right now as we speak about their offensive game plan. And I thought they were more aggressive. And I think that was by design. Sean noted that Washington came out in a, a really unusual five defensive alignment alignment. Uh, that's not what they normally play. And that was designed basically out of respect to the Saints running game in Alvin Kamara. They weren't going to let Alvin Kamara beat them. They were going to shut down the run and take their chances with the pass. And it just shows you the flexibility the Saints have that they can, uh, they're not going to run into a brick wall there. They're going to try and attack downfield. They got a lot of single safety looks and took advantage of that by being aggressive in the passing game. There were a couple of plays that they almost hit that, could have been big plays. The one that skipped right off of uh, Alvin Kamara's fingertips was a perfect pass by Jameis. Uh, they had another big play that they almost hit to Taysom where he got hit uh, late and, and caused the penalty. And then they had another one where Jameis got sacked that was getting ready to break open. All of those on first down. And we and the Saints came into the game leading the NFL in percentage of runs on first down. They ran 63% of the time. And Washington obviously knew that. They designed a strategy to try and stop it. The Saints countered and were aggressive in the passing game, and I think it paid off. It was definitely evident that that was more of a priority in yesterday's game. I had a couple of questions come in from Twitter, and, and somebody asked, why is it that Jameis Winston is exceeding expectations and no one is acknowledging it? Do you guys think that Winston is exceeding expectations here? <laughs> I think he's, I think he's played well. I mean, I, I, in some ways, I mean, JD mentions the 12 to three TD interception ratio. I mean, that's pretty darn good. I mean, you don't get much better than that. And I think he's been very efficient given the number of opportunities he's had. He hasn't 
thrown that many passes. And I, and I contend all along that a lot of that, the, the lack of throws, a lot of it's just by game circumstances. I and mean, we've got a small body of work here. And in two of the games, the Saints got up double digits on the road uh, early in the second half. And so you're going to manage the game differently then. You're managing a lead. You're trying to trying to win the game at that point and take some time off the clock, and you're not going to throw the ball that much. So I never felt like – I think that will over the course of the season will play itself out, and this lack of trust, that, that narrative we keep hearing, I'm not buying into that. I mean, Sean Payton wouldn't have gone and got Jameis Winston and re-signed him and given him and talked him into coming back here about this opportunity. He didn't trust him and believe in him. Uh, I've never felt that that was really valid. Yeah, definitely. And, see, when, people, and when, when people say, you know, outplaying expectations, they're looking at one year of his career, the 30 interception year, and he unfortunately is going to have to wear that until he does something different. Now, his career up to that point was not a 30 interception a year player. He might have been, I think he was at 14 or 15 a year, which is somewhat reasonable and manageable. But when he had the big outlier year, everybody has basically just taken that and beaten him over the head with it uh, until it's just really tiresome now. But he hadn't been that player. And now these 12 touchdowns and three interceptions of people saying, well, is he outplaying expectations? No, this is kind of, I would imagine, what the Saints expected if you had a guy who was going to manage the football a little bit better and not turn it over. And again, he only had those turnovers in that one year. So if he's going to be pretty much the player that he was, keep it to 12, 13, 14, that's reasonable considering probably how much the Saints want to throw it. And, and that would be a pretty good year for him. People are asking about uh, Taysom Hill as well, a counterpart there, a quarterback. We saw the hit on him in yesterday's game, went out with a concussion, did see him after the game, leaving the hospital and looked like he was in good spirits. You guys have any updates on him? And obviously with the bye week expectations would be that he would be able to be back um, for that game against Seattle. No, I haven't, I haven't heard anything on Taysom. Uh, I think the bye week comes at a great time in that situation, gives him time to get through the concussion protocols. Uh, I know he had some concussions in, in college. He's talked about that before, but I can't remember him. J.D., do you remember him having one with the Saints? I can't remember him having any no. in his Saints career. No, he hadn't had any in his Saints career, and that's a good thing. And you mentioned, you know, having this extra time will help him with the protocol. And look, the Saints need him. He is – he is one of their most valuable offensive players. They need him. If, if you have Jason Hill, you need about three guys to replace him. Uh, and all of those three guys specifically can't do all the things that he can do. He's a really good tight end. Uh, when you put him in the quarterback situation, where he's just going to run that power run. There are a few players in the NFL who you know are going to get it like that and can still get you five, six, seven yards. You know, what is that? Him and, him and Derrick Henry? I mean, that's pretty much basically it. So he is a, a valuable part of what the Saints want to do on offense. And getting him back obviously helps this offense out because you need you probably need three guys to replace him. And look, let's let's also consider this yesterday. So, sorry, Aaron, but yesterday, what, in the last three quarters or at least the second half, the Saints had to win that game without Taysom Hill and Deontay Harris, two of their most versatile chess pieces on offense. And then they, of course, already didn't have Mike Thomas, Traquan Smith, uh, Tony Jones. I mean, I think sometimes we take for granted just how how difficult that is and how easy the Saints make it look. Uh, they had to basically chunk and, and go to a different short yardage game plan, a red zone game plan. I mean, Taysom Hill is a huge part of that. And they did it seamlessly. 
and didn't bat an eye. And, and a lot of teams in the league couldn't overcome something like that. Well, and then people that had to step up in place of those players that were out, Adam Troutman, somebody that's been brought up. What did you like from him yesterday? Do you feel like he's going to fill the role there at tight end? Is he overhyped? Are you happy with what you've seen? Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's conspicuous sometimes when a guy drops a pass or misses a block, everyone can see it. And so it becomes like a lightning rod and, and people pile on. Uh, I listen to what the coaches are saying and the coaches seem to be very happy with Adam Troutman. He's blocking well. He's doing what's asked of him in the role. He's not right now a featured playmaker in the offense. I think that'll come with time. We saw it last year. We saw it in flashes last year, big playability. We saw it on Sunday, a 32-yard uh, catch and run. Uh, and I've seen the athleticism. I see why they liked him in the draft. And, and I think there's going to be a game coming up where all of a sudden he's going to have 100 yards and two touchdowns. And everybody's going to say, oh, there's Adam Troutman, because the game plan will dictate it. Uh, it changes week to week in the Saints offense. I know it's frustrating for, for fantasy football owners because you want, you want the Alvin Kamara guy that gets like the production every week, but the Saints have never really been that way in their perimeter core. And I think we're, we're, we're going to get one of those Adam Troutman breakout games soon. We have the bye week coming up. What needs to take place over this next week and a half, even to Monday for that Monday night game against the Seahawks? Well, I think they all need to just stay in their in their uh, rooms and not get hurt or anything. <laughs> Don't go like snowboarding or motorcycle riding or anything like that because I, I think this team, like I said, I, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on them. Uh, I've been very impressed. Look, they dropped that game to the Giants, and that was one they let get away. It just kind of flipped on them. They lost the momentum. The Giants were a desperate team, and, and it just ended too suddenly for the Saints. I, I, those things happen in the NFL. I think this team's actually exceeded expectations with how they're playing defensively. I knew they were going to be good, but not that I didn't think they were going to be this good considering the number of key players they don't have out there. Uh, I, I'm really, really impressed with them. And then Blake Gilligan has stepped in at the kicking game. They're going to get Will Lutz back. That's been a, that's been another loss that I think people are overstating I mean, or forgetting about. If Will Lutz is on this team, the Saints might win that Giants game. You know, they, they might, it might not be inside Sean's head where he has more confidence and he kicks the early field goal and the, the game plays out differently. I think getting him back is going to be big. And um, I think they've got a great shot to win the division. Uh, I'm not conceding that thing to, to Tampa Bay right now at all. Yeah. One, like the Saints have, you know, they don't want to give it up either. I'm, I'm with Dunk. They, they need to get healthy. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Um, I think, you know, Saints fans are a little spoiled and they probably will sit three and two that. But if you'd have looked at the schedule beforehand and if you'd have told me who the Saints didn't have playing, then I'd have said, you know what, three and two going into the bye ain't bad. And so, you know, they got a chance to get their people back, work them in, uh, build some momentum coming out and they could really get on the run. So that's the main thing. They just need to be a healthy team because they've been so beat up and just so you know, losing people in Andrews Pete yesterday, Taysom Hill, Deontay Harris, Jeff, Jeff mentioned. You know, when you lose those kinds of people, frontline people, I uh, hadn't had Eric McCoy since the first series of the first game. Uh, that takes an impact uh, on your team, and you need to get those guys back. There are reasons they're starting. There are reasons those guys are Michael Thomas, an all-pro. Reason Deontay Harris was an all-pro returner. 
you need those guys on your team. And, and once you get them back and get them healthy, you're, you're a better team. Yeah, hopefully getting them back in here soon so they can kind of get back on the practice field, get some chemistry going with everybody and head into that Monday night football game at Seattle with the, their best foot forward. Thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. Appreciate all of your insight. And of course, let everybody know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter. That's it, always the lively timeline. Trust me on game days uh, at Jeff Duncan <laughs> underscore. And I, let me just throw a little plug. My, my book, Peyton and Breeze, which we talked about before on the podcast, some paperback this week. So if anybody hasn't had a chance to read it, uh, I know Drew's not here anymore, but it still gives you a lot of great insight into how the Saints offense works. And uh, that'll be out in paperback uh, on Thursday. And where? Yeah, where can we get that? Yeah, I'll look all over town, any local bookstore, or you can order it online at Amazon, or you can just reach out to me on social media and I can get you a signed copy in the mail. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you missed any of the Saints highlights, stats, post-game sound, sound from Monday's press conferences, you can find it all on NewOrleansSaints.com. You can always find this podcast there as well as on iTunes. And then coming up on Wednesday, we will have former Saints coach Jim Mora on the podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. John, thanks so much for joining us. Jeff, pleasure to have you. This has been another lovely edition after a Saints win.